When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Geek This, the pop culture podcast with minimal nerd rage. Welcome to Geek This. My name is Dave Clements, and this is a podcast dedicated to geeking out about pop culture. And every Wednesday, I cover something involving movies, TV, or comics. This week, I'm going to jump back into the news format and talk about some recent stories involving Han Solo, Pacific Rim, and the X-Men. First, though, if you're interested in supporting the podcast and you want something pretty cool, you can check out the new Geek This shirt that is available over on our Teespring shop. You can go to geekthispodcast.com slash teespring and pick up one of these really comfy shirts that feature the Geek This logo, and it's a great conversation starter. People will be like, geek what? Geek This. It's a podcast. You should go check it out. You know, something like that. So yeah, you can check that out at the link I just said, or you can look at the show notes in your podcatcher. All right, let's get into the stories for this week. First off, Fox moves New Mutants and Dark Phoenix. When I hear that movies are getting their release dates pushed back more than once, um, I tend to get a little bit nervous because, you know, are they getting pushed back because um, it's not good enough? Are they adding more to it? Are they adding stuff to it that's going to ruin it? Those are the things that go through my head. Well, this week, Fox announced that it is going to be pushing back the release date of X-Men Dark Phoenix, which was originally scheduled for November 2018, and it's actually getting moved to Valentine's Day 2019. Why Valentine's Day? I don't know. Uh, that seems like a weird date to me. Also, February. That's not usually good um, good movies don't typically come out in February, although that's kind of changed a little bit. But I think what what is funny here is that it's actually getting bumped by the Freddie Mercury biopic that's actually being produced by Brian Singer. So it's kind of funny. Brian Singer and Fox have properties that are pushing one of their other properties out of the way. It's kind of weird. New Mutants is actually getting moved around a lot, and if you've been following the story, you'll know that originally it was planned to come out um, next month in April of 2018, but it was moved about a month ago to February 2019 for reshoots. I think they were adding some scenes, adding maybe another character or two to the movie, and now it's being pushed all the way to August 2019. And I find it a little odd that they're choosing these time slots. Like I said about um, Dark Phoenix, you know, February just seems kind of weird. I know Deadpool came out in February when it released, but 
there aren't a lot of really good movies that are coming out in February. January and February are known for dud movies coming out, um, especially like horror films. I find it weird that New Mutants is coming out in August because it doesn't seem, from what I understand, it's supposed to be in the horror genre. So it seems like a weird play for Fox because a lot more horror movies, not that I watch a ton of them, but it seems like they're coming out more in like September and October around that Halloween season um, and sometimes even into November. I don't know. Uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, some people are speculating that the reason that Fox is moving the X-Men franchise style movies is because of the Disney acquisition, which that's a whole big thing. I mean, just because things are moving doesn't mean that the movies are going to be bad. And as always, we'll see. But it really makes me nervous. Does this have to, anything to do with the Disney acquisition? I don't know for sure. Uh, nobody, nobody has confirmed that yet. Next up, Pacific Rim meets Godzilla. So Pacific Rim Uprising just came out as I record this last week, and I got to see it over the weekend. I really enjoyed it. Um, made, made me want to go back and watch the first one again and see how much fun that one is in comparison. I really like John Boyega and Uprising was, was really cool. And that's probably for another episode. Anyway, after Guillermo del Toro released the first Pacific Rim back in 2013, I guess Legendary Entertainment, who is the company behind the film and tons of other films that you've watched, they actually started brainstorming and crafting what they would eventually call the MonsterVerse or the Monster Universe. And the first film in that universe was Godzilla in 2014 and Kong Skull Island that came out in 2017. That that was the sequel. That was not the sequel, but the second film in the franchise, I guess. Or cinematic universe, if that's what you prefer. It seems that diehard fans of these movies and, you know, the whole monster genre, kaiju kind of movies, they've really been wanting to see Pacific Rim cross over into this monster verse and they want them to meet. And apparently Stephen S. DeKnight, who directed Pacific Rim Uprising, uh, kind of made some comments that made it sound like it might happen. It is hypothetical. But he did say in a recent interview, look, I think it would be fantastic to have Pacific Rim join Legendary's Monster Universe. It seems like a natural step. Part of the big overall plan after the third movie we've talked about is that it could happen. It's always a possibility. I think that's cool. And I'm not as diehard of a fan of either franchise. You know, these the, the Godzilla, Kong, Kaiju style movies and Pacific Rim. I enjoy Pacific Rim, but I've never really gone out of my way to make sure that I was there on opening night. I just happened to go see it this weekend. Uh, but I did enjoy Pacific Rim and I need to rewatch Godzilla and actually watch Skull Island. But I like monster movies, and I think the idea is a good idea if it's done right. And I guess where I come from that is right now, the idea of making everything that's good, 
you know, you have one good movie, the idea of making it into some massive franchise and, and a connected universe is just really common thanks to the MCU and, you know, DC is trying it now legendary and universal. I mean, they're trying it with the monster verse and the universal monsters thing. Um, but just because you have one good movie doesn't mean that it has to become a franchise and it has to become a connected universe with everything else. That doesn't mean that that is going to be a good idea. These studios are, are making a cash grab. They know that people are going to buy tickets. I am a huge fan of the MCU, but I feel like they've they've done it right. People need to take pages out of that cookbook and try and make these movies standalone movies. And I know that not every MCU film works that way perfectly, but they need to have their own feel and their own style without leaning so much on needing to see the other ones. I mean, obviously, Infinity War, speaking of the MCU, Infinity War is one of these movies that you have to have watched a good portion of the last, you know, 18 movies that have come out from the MCU in order to understand this movie. But this is a big culmination. The last 10 years have led up to this event. By the way, I have not seen the newest uh, Infinity War trailer. I haven't. I was good. I didn't break my, my one trailer rule. Anyway, so I think for Legendary to, to do this with Pacific Rim and Godzilla and Kong, I think they've got some good pieces in play. They have Godzilla King of the Monsters set for a 2019 release and Godzilla vs. Kong set for 2020. And I think if they can use these two movies to establish the characters and the monsters well enough they could figure out a situation where they need to bring in the Pacific Rim Jaegers and, and the humans attached to them. Obviously there's going to be spoiler, a third Pacific Rim movie and we'll see how that goes. But you know, that movie could even tie into this big, huge culmination infinity war kind of event. The problem that I see though is it would be really easy to take a crossover like this and basically the the ending would be oh it was just a mis big misunderstanding kong and godzilla weren't fighting each other they were actually rescuing this group of people or this new creature and the jaegers got involved and i could see that being a problem so it just depends on how they want to craft the story and where they want to take everything. Um, because I, you don't want to team up just for team up sake. You want to actually have a reason that they get together. You had that with the Avengers, you know, everybody was involved and, and that's what they're doing with infinity war. And I know I'm using the MCU as kind of a foundational like blueprint, but it's because They've done it right for the most part. You know, we'll see. I, I think it would be really cool to see the Jaegers fight Godzilla and fight Kong and see what that's like. I don't know. We'll, like all of this stuff, we'll see. Um, finally, the last story 
is Han Solo drama. Yeah, if if you have followed Solo a Star Wars story at all, you'll know that there's been drama after drama after drama with this movie. It started out when we found out that Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who are most notably the directors of the Lego movie, that's that's their really big claim to fame, and they did a fantastic job. They were announced by Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm as the directors for Solo. And I think a lot of people are excited. They they were going to bring this kind of funny, comedic timing kind of movie. It seemed like not long after the announcement was made that they were directing, it was announced by Kathleen Kennedy that Lucasfilm had changed their mind. And due to creative differences, they let Phil Lord and Chris Miller go and then they were replaced by Ron Howard. This week, Ron Howard, it was revealed, is going to be given the sole credit of director. Um, He is the only director that is going to be listed on the film that is officially going to be on the marquee, that kind of thing. And that's pretty harsh. From what I understand, they are leaving um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller out of the picture altogether. The situation's gotten to a point where one of the non-headlining actors from Solo talked to the website Vulture about problems on the set and said that that Lord and Miller actually would shoot up to 30 takes in order to quote get something different. This person said that Phil and Chris are good directors, but they weren't prepared for Star Wars. After the 25th take, the the actors are looking at each other like, this is getting weird. They seemed a little bit out of control. The first assistant director was really experienced and had to step up to help them direct a lot of scenes. And that sounds really bad. I mean, it makes Phil Lord and Chris Miller look bad. As you would expect, those directors had a spokesperson that denied the claim, but because the the actor saying these things didn't want to be revealed, there's no way to actually understand whether or not anybody was telling the truth. And that's, it's a little hinky to me. It's, it's interesting. Like, it's just, there's so much stuff that has come out this week. And I guess According to the same actor, you know, Ron Howard stepping in really did a lot for the morale of the shoot. And there were a lot of reshoots done that Ron Howard did because maybe the shots didn't match or something like that. He said that there were a lot of the same scenes that Lord and Miller did, except Ron Howard maybe did more close ups or redid the scenes with fewer takes and got what he needed. And there weren't a lot of wide angles. He was reusing some sets. It's all kind of this really dramatic mystery that I'm hoping doesn't affect the film as much as I think that it's going to. I did read somewhere that Kathleen Kennedy had this vision in her head as to what the movie was going to be like. And it was going to be more of like a Western heist kind of movie. And Lord and Miller decided they wanted to go more the comedy route. And if you watch the trailer, you'll notice that there's a little more of a sense of humor or lightheartedness than maybe Kathleen Kennedy's vision was originally. And it's kind of a mess. And I'm really excited to see the movie, but I'm really nervous at the same time because I'm a fan of Han Solo and 
I really hope that all of this drama doesn't ruin a good story, and I really hope that it doesn't ruin anybody's reputation. I, I like Lord and Miller for the little that I've seen of their stuff. They seem like really creative guys, and who knows? Kathleen Kennedy might just be, you know, very paranoid uh, now that she's in charge of Lucasfilm. So we'll see when it comes out in May, and obviously... I'll talk about it here on the podcast. That is going to wrap up the episode. Again, a little shorter this time. And uh, I I hope you guys are enjoying the news format. I might do it every other week like I am now. Uh, I may let it go. It just kind of depends. Just let me know what you think of this episode or any of the other episodes. You can do that by leaving a comment over at geekthispodcast.com in the show notes, or you can let me know on Twitter or Facebook. You can find the podcast at geek. This podcast, you can find me at Mr. Dave Clements. And like I said, that is it short, sweet to the point. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week. We are getting so close to a hundred episodes. Really and truly. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.